Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is... True Crime New England. What's up, everybody? Hello, welcome back to another episode. We're so happy to have you. As always. Thank you for joining us. Um, I hope you're well. Katie, I hope you're well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Okay. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, um, the heat is winding down. Yeah. Um, it's now early to mid-September, and that means it's almost fall, which means it's almost my birthday, which means it's um, a day all about me, and I can't be more excited. <laughs> Just kidding. Pretty sure my birthday's on a Monday, so. Ah, oh, I know. Well. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. I've cried my tears, and <laughs> I'm good with that fact of the calendar. But anyway, I mean... I've been doing well. Good. I'm living the dream, honestly. Have you been up to anything fun? What have I been up to? Just working. So fun. <laughs> you know, just delightful. Yeah. Hey, listen, me too. We've been balls to the walls. Yeah. I? People are having babies like it's their job. Really? Yeah. We've been truly crazy the past few weeks. Wow. And short-staffed because... Hmm healthcare yeah so oh yeah us too right no matter where you go it's going to be short-staffed unfortunately but we've been coming like people coming in and just delivering we call them drive-bys where they come in (laughs) and they're like he who he who and then we're like hold on get in bed we'll see how dilated okay there's a baby right here oh (laughs) would you look at that you're crowning (laughs) yes exactly so it's been a lot of fun and you know a few weeks ago we had a situation where for those who aren't in healthcare, we my facility anyway uses electronic charting. Most places do, mm-hmm. um, and every once in a while they'll have like an hour or two of downtime. Uh-oh. So everything is off. Like you can't chart. You can't. You can go in their chart maybe to read things, but you can't. You know, pull a prescription. You can't look at history. It's like two a. It was two to three a.m. We have a patient come in. She's like, I think my water broke. She's a patient. She doesn't even live in Maine. She lives in New Hampshire. She's 34 weeks. Oh, no. Um, for you guys who don't know, a full-term pregnancy is essentially 40 weeks. 37 plus, really, you can get by it. It's like, great. But she was 34 weeks, and she was an independent patient of a midwife in New Hampshire. So she didn't have any records with us. So we had to get her records from this midwife or whatever, and it just so happened that it was downtime, and we checked her, and she was like seven centimeters dilated, so she was having a baby, and prematurely, and we didn't know anything but her name, and like, that she was having a girl, like, there was like literally nothing. Right, you know nothing. Yeah, so, that was great, like, the ambulance came, and they checked her again, she was too far to transport, (gasps) so we were like, haha, okay, and so she ended up having a baby all within the stretch of like an hour and a half no records I would have died yeah actually it was a little scary but everything was fine but that's how, like just to sum up how work has been dude <laughs> for us now that school is starting oh. um you know granted do kids want to be in a psych hospital over the summer no no do we have kids there sure but our census is low we don't have as many patients mm-hmm. They go to school, 
problems start to arise, maybe certain behaviors because they don't want to be in school or school's a lot. It is a lot. School is a ton. If you have ADHD or autism or any kind of behavioral issue mm-hmm. and you're packed in a classroom with a trillion other kids and there's people are talking and papers are rustling and the teacher's talking and someone's clicking their pen and there's so much going on. Way too much. And you get overstimulated and you might lash out. And mm-hmm. so usually it takes a little bit after the first day of school for teachers to be like, hmm, maybe there's something going on with a kiddo over there. So usually once school starts, within the first couple weeks of school, we are just flooded with kids. I believe it. That's tough. Flooded. That's tough. Yeah. Um, What else? I'm applying for my nursing license in Massachusetts. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Just to, so for those of you that do not know, I have my nursing license in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. New Hampshire is what's called a compact state. So if you have a license in a compact state, it works in, I want to say 30 something other states. Like I was very lucky. I got mine in New Hampshire and Maine is a compact state. Right. So it was very simple to transfer my nursing license over to Maine. Right. You don't need to get a separate license. Right. For Massachusetts, you have to get a separate license. Right. So I'm like, okay, it might be nice to have, there's a ton of jobs in Massachusetts. They pay more. Absolutely. You know, if I ever want to change of scenery, I just have something to fall back on. Awesome. Perfect. I've spent easily over $300 getting this license. Of course course you have. (laughs) And it's just like, a list of 10 steps like get a passport photo and yes. do this and make sure you have this paperwork and you have to submit a copy of your receipt and yes. this is Ugh. get your transcripts transferred that was like five dollars and then something else was 30. Mm-mm. I'm like what am I even paying for Literally. and then I go it's like okay go through the application what's your name what's your date of birth what's your address add to cart 275 dollars I'm like did I even pay this much for my New Hampshire lessons no like way. This is such a money racket, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll be worth it if it means I can get a job if I ever want to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> My mom has been doing, like, has done that for years mm-hmm. and years. She hasn't renewed her New Hampshire license in quite some time, but we've lived in New Hampshire, you know, since I was born, but she grew up and mm-hmm. still works in Massachusetts. So she's always had a Massachusetts license. Mm-hmm. And up until a few years ago, she got, she had, and was paying to have her New Hampshire license, just in right. case. Same right. idea. Mm-hmm. And it's smart. It is. It's a good idea if you're really, like, not 100% stuck at where you are. Right. <laughs> and then I have more options. Like, I can stay in New Hampshire, I can go to Maine, or I can go to Mass. Absolutely. And I can get there from a nice little commute. So yeah. it's doing good. Great. Just opening up my options. Perfect. There's only a select few settings I can see myself working in as a nurse like I wouldn't go work at like a big hospital on a, a med search floor like Fuck that. and that's most of the nursing jobs like 97 percent right so if I want to stay in psych I'm very limited so I might as well just open up more options in case that's great mm-hmm. good for you 300 dollars on the train <laughs> but it's okay it'll be it'll be worth it hopefully yeah just nice to have I think so I think that's a good idea so Kind of bringing us back to the realm of podcasting. What's up? Um, we got an invitation from this podcaster named Joe. He is the host of a podcast called 10 Minute Murder. Mm-hmm. The concept is very cool. It's very... Unlike Yeah. <laughs> it's very unlike what we do. It's very brief. Yeah. Um, it's called 10 Minute Murder for a reason. The whole thing is the episodes are brief and bingeable because they are 
usually around 10 minutes. Right. Some are like 14, 15, some are, but it's a really awesome podcast. Like it's yeah. really good if you just want to get the basics of a case and then you can fly through and listen to a bunch. It's digestible. 100%. Yeah. So he reached out to us and he asked us to guest host an episode. It came out a couple weeks ago now. August 23rd was the date. <sighs> You're so smart. I remember things. And if you guys remember when we covered the Montvern and Thrill Killing, that is the case we did for 10 Minute Murder. Yes. So if you guys want to go listen to a brief and bingeable version of that or and or listen to his other episodes, um, he's doing a whole thing where he's on a work trip. So he asked a bunch of podcast hosts of podcasts he regularly listens to, which is exciting. It's so awesome. To guest hosts. So there's a bunch of other episodes from other creators, which is really cool. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. And we're honored to be the first ones. I, that doesn't yes. mean anything. I think we just answered first. <laughs> but it's so exciting. Yeah. You know, he's he does some great work and mm-hmm. he's got a lot of really well done episodes and it's so exciting and we've never guest hosted before. We did of course so far do a ad swap with the true crime click mm-hmm. and so it's nice to, you know, open this network up and have friends and yeah. You know, it's awesome and if you guys who are listening have a podcast or a business whatever and want us to say something, we'll we'll do it. Yeah, shoot us an email at our business email at truecrimeany at gmail.com. <laughs> Dot biz <laughs> slash gov org. But we're, we're really excited. Thank you, mm-hmm. Joe, for the opportunity. Um, it was so hard to find an episode. Oh, my God. Katie, you and I, we went back and we said, okay, baseline, we want a murder. We don't want an abduction or a mm-hmm. suspicious death. Okay, knocked all those out. And then we said, okay. How many times did we say fuck in the original episode? Because, <laughs> you know, of course, our goal was to direct people back to that episode. Right. His listeners into our full episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, we said fuck way too many times. Oh, okay, <laughs> you can hear the fan in the background, you know, rotating. Oh, okay, Ladybug came and pooped on the laptop. During this. <laughs> like, we had this so many, and we had to listen, and does it sound okay in the car? Like, what is... And so eventually, mm-hmm. and also while keeping it, brief and also promising more if they went right. to the full episode it was a lot so it was worth crazy. it yeah it, it was crazy but it was so much fun doing so much fun um we really worked hard not to swear in the guest host episode we succeeded yeah that's pretty cool so yeah go yeah. check it out go check out 10 minute murder yes guys so yeah we're so excited thank you joe um go check out 10 minute murder instagram um, is also 10 Minute Murder. Mm-hmm. Check out the podcast, of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. At the very least, give him a rating. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I know my dad loves podcasts that are short like that. Okay. he's That's what he's told me before is that sometimes he finds it hard to listen to like ours because... No, that's he's valid. Longer. He's like, oh, you yeah, know, it's like... But some people really like the long, some really right. like the short, and that's great. It's all about preference. So if you guys like the way we do things, but you're like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to have a brief and bingeable podcast to listen to in between Liz and Katie talking about true crime in New England. Right. There you go. He's got it from all over the place, mm-hmm. which is nice. So, awesome. Great work, team. We can nap now, right? We're done. We've done all the work. <laughs> I wish. No, no. Everything's fine. So anyway, today's case... 
is a highly requested one. Highly. (laughs) On our list of over almost 500 cases, it's like seven. Like, it was way up there. It's been on the list for a long time. When we say highly requested, we don't mean a lot of people. No, but the frequency. Yeah, the frequency. (laughs) Bordering on, I say this with kindness, harassment. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, I want to say... Maybe our third episode. Yes. My partner Danny's friend and roommate Noah, we've talked about him before. Noah. Ever since Noah was like, oh, Katie, you have a podcast, Lady of the Dunes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, it'll go on the list. Hey, so when are you covering Lady of the Dunes? What's on the list? We'll, we'll cover. Yeah. So I guess you're not going to cover Lady <laughs> of the Dunes. <laughs> Noah was trying to do like reverse psychology, uh-huh. like, you'll never cover that case. Maybe I'm like, I well. Don't to your anymore. <laughs> yeah, threatening to not listen. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Noah has been nagging us about this one, and, uh, the doubt that we would ever cover it has fueled us. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here's Lady of the Dunes, just for you, just Noah. Just for you, Noah. And I do want to point out, my friend, I used to work with her, her name's Jenna. Hi, Jenna. She, when we first started the podcast, she sent us a whole bunch of articles. She wrote an essay on this case. She sent us over all this, and this was, like, the same thing, like, episode three. Yeah. So... Thank you, Jenna. We're doing it finally. I'm so excited. I never doubted you for a second. This is a very interesting case. Thank you, Jenna, for your patience. (laughs) It was just, you know, that one day, like, hey, I really like this case. Here's some resources and something I have. Can't wait for you to cover it. Whereas Noah did a whole ass final project on this case. We didn't get the link for that. Wait a second. (laughs) Noah Elizabeth. (laughs) What the hell? But, all right, Noah, I'm sorry. I'm just giving you shit. Um, we're covering the case finally. So and it's such a good one. It really is. It's it's a good one. And it's episode 60. Whoa. The big 6-0. So, yeah. Guys, if you don't know this case, stick around. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's totally nuts. And it's got so many twists and turns. When I was telling my ex about this, I was like, hey, you know, the Lady of the Dunes, it's crazy. You want me to tell you a story about, you know, a missing, unidentified woman? And it also ties into Jaws and also Stephen King? And he was like, do you mean Steven Spielberg? And I was like, no. No. I don't mean that. <laughs> do not mean that at all. And that was one of the only ways I got him to listen to a true crime story. So, guys, stick around. It's a good one. It's a good one. And without further ado, today... We will be covering the Lady Lady of the Dunes. All right, everyone, before we get started, we shall do our sources. And Katie, please inform me of the sources you've used. First and foremost, Wikipedia. Like a angel singing. <laughs> that's beautiful. I also used All That's Interesting, Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, Reddit, Medium.com, which we always are a huge fan of, Big fan. and the Boston Globe. Nice. I also used our Lord and Savior Wikipedia, Historic Mysteries, um, Medium, our best friend. I used Ranker, People.com, the Boston Globe. 
all that's interesting, and CapeCod.com. Ooh. A lot of sort. There's so much information. This is a huge case. And we, I know both of us boiled it down. Yeah. Completely. It's a big case, and it's so interesting. So why don't we start with the day of the discovery? Katie, would you mind? Sure thing. On July 26, 1974, a 12-year-old girl named Leslie Metcalf had gone hiking with her family, and they brought their family friend's dogs. So she was kind of playing with one of the dogs, a beagle. Important. Foreshadow. <laughs> and the dog, being a beagle, mm-hmm. picked up the scent of something. Huh. The beagle takes off. Okay. Leslie runs after it. Hauls ass after this beagle. Mm -hmm. The beagle is on the trail of something. Like a beagle. Like a beagle does, exactly. (laughs) The beagle leads Leslie to the decomposing and naked body of a woman, which was located in the Race Point sand dunes of Provincetown, Massachusetts. The crazy thing, too, about this discovery, well, first of all, she thought it was a deer. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I mean, I can't blame her for even, I'd be like, Ooh, a dead deer. It dead anything. I'd be like, poke. Like, I'd want to go up to it and just see it closer. Because <laughs> naturally, I think everyone has, like, a morbid fascination. Mm-hmm. So she went up to it and she was like, oh, my God. That is not a deer. It was, like you said, a decomposing body of a woman. And this path, like you said, you know, race point dunes. But it's, like, hard to kind of access. Mm-hmm. It's brush and sand and ATV paths and bike paths and like walking paths. It's definitely not like car, mm-hmm. not easily accessible. Um, and it's not super popular in that everybody knows about it. It's kind of like a secret spot. So when she came upon this, she was like, what the fuck? She went to get her dad. Her dad was like, uh, okay. He went to go confirm that that's what she was seeing. And then they immediately got the police. They were like, okay, so this is something that you're going to be scarred for life with. (laughs) Undoubtedly, (laughs) let's get some help because this is a crime scene. Right. Let's get the police and then we'll get the police on the scene and then we'll get you a therapist. (laughs) Immediately. Right. And the scene at first glance wasn't horrifying in the sense that it looked almost peaceful Mm -hmm. until you got closer. And that's when you realized this was nothing close to peaceful. Not even close. Katie, where do we even begin? I just want to cry. <laughs> what, would, what word would you describe the state of her body with? Like, what would you say fits best if you were to think of it? I think just horrific. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, when you come upon the scene, it almost looked like this woman was sunbathing. Yeah. She was laying out on a green towel or a green beach blanket, um, but it was laid out in a way that made it seem like someone had been sitting on the other half. Yeah. Like, it was laid out not in the way you imagine someone laying out. Like, the blanket is horizontal instead of vertical. Right. Like, her upper half is on it, and then there's the other blanket next to her as if someone was sitting next to her. She had a pair of Wrangler blue jeans and a blue bandana folded up underneath her head. There weren't any signs of a struggle, and this led police to believe that she either knew the person that killed her, Mm -hmm. or she had been sleeping on the beach, or a combination of both. Right. 
Right. So she looked like, she, like you said, she was sunbathing. Mm-hmm. Had her head on a crude makeshift pillow of her mm-hmm. clothes. She was resting, getting some sun when they estimate probably what killed her was this massive, massive gash to her head. Mm-hmm. So, like, the left side of her skull had been crushed. Um, like I said, unsurprisingly, the cause of her death. And there was, like, significant deep slash-like wounds to the back of her neck that, upon, like, closer look, revealed that she was almost decapitated. So she was brutally, brutally, brutally attacked. And she had her long, she had long, like, auburn hair. Mm -hmm. It was pulled back into a ponytail, like, behind her head, obviously, with, like, a glittery ponytail holder and just blood, you know, on the side because she just was brutally attacked. But that's not the worst fact of this case, if you can believe it. Something more horrifying, to me, is the most horrifying fact. Both of her hands had been cut off completely, like, clean, cut off, and where her hands were, they had been replaced with piles of pine needles yeah it was almost as if she like buried you know we all do it bury your feet in the sand when Mm -hmm. you're sitting on the beach it was almost like she buried her hands in the sand but when they got closer there were no hands literally no hands yeah also disturbingly she appeared she had been sexually assaulted they theorized with a nearby wooden block Mm -hmm. um which is horrifying and also Scarily enough, she was most likely sexually assaulted post-mortem, so after she was already dead, which is a whole nother class of fucked up. Yep. Um, it, she had been there, they didn't know for sure, but they estimated e- anywhere from 10 days to 3 weeks. That's a long time to go undiscovered. Yeah. Granted, it was a secluded area, mm-hmm. um... There's brush and overgrowth and, you know, all these kinds of things. And you really have to know where you're going. Right. It was kind of like you said, a secluded area, maybe an area that was like her secret spot. She went there just to hang out. Um, You know, it it really took a lot to get there. Yeah. If the beagle hadn't picked up on this scent, who knows how long it would have been. Could have been a long time. Mm -hmm. And it could have been so much longer that there was less evidence because it's July. That's hot. Oh, and they also said, quote, insect activity and decomposition is what led investigators to believe that she had passed away at least 10 days and up to three weeks before she was found. Right, like the state of where the bugs were in their, like, life cycle. (sighs) Yeah. That's a fascinating field. I don't know how people I think it's so interesting. Sidebar, like, how people are caught. Oh, I wasn't in... Florida, and then they get their car and they look in the grill of the car and there's this like endangered insect that's only found in one location of Florida. And so that's how they pin crazy stuff. It's nuts. nuts. And so they, I mean, the 70s version did this. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what we're telling you right now is pretty much all we have Mm -hmm. of the scene. Her clothes, her hair, the state of her body, Mm -hmm. missing hands sexually assaulted what they do know about the crime scene as well is that like you said she most likely was asleep when she was murdered there was blood everywhere 
it was obvious she wasn't dragged there. Right. She wasn't placed there and staged. Um, and also near her body was tire tracks, like 15 feet away. And then there was also a set of footprints leading away from the body. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Also, there was written in a sand dune nearby, SOS. They don't think it's related. I didn't see that. I'm not sure, you know, I just think that's a crazy fact. Yeah, that's nuts. SOS near the body, but they're like, oh, it's not related. What? Yeah, right? That's a (laughs) Like, was that there before she was murdered? Did some, I I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, there was SOS written in a sand dune. Ugh. It was clear that whoever killed her was really trying to hide her identity. Mm-hmm. Like we said, her hands were missing. That's not a fact that you guys probably forgot in the last four minutes. But what's another method that you guys can think of that murderers will use to prevent the identification of a victim? What you're thinking is almost certainly correct. <laughs> so the thing about the Lady of the Dunes was that she was missing a very large amount of her teeth. Mm -hmm. And it did not look like she was just someone who did not have teeth before she died. This was clearly post-mortem teeth pulling. For sure. She had expensive dental work. She wasn't neglecting her teeth. They didn't fall out because she was unhygienic. Right. She had several crowns worth anywhere from $5,000 to $10,000. And this is 1974. Right. So think back on what that money was then and how much it would be now. Like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. The style that the dentist referred to the crowns is called the New York style. Um, I didn't know what this meant. According to Reddit, it's the use of crowns and sometimes fillers in a way that gives the illusion of a filled-in and even smile that's very symmetrical. Oh. With every tooth being filed down to the same length. Ouch. I guess it's an older style of creating that effect. These days, people will use veneers. Okay, gotcha. So it's kind of like old school, expensive veneers. Okay. It's probably not old school then. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably pretty standard. Right. But it's expensive. She had some money. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And of course, we talked about this with the East Middlebury does. Mm -hmm. The investigators reached out to dentists, like, within like a thousand mile radius and they said here's the dental work that we can see of what's left of her teeth Mm -hmm. did you do this basically to any dentist right um and then they were kind of narrowed it down to like some characteristics did you do this on a patient that was a woman between 25 and 40 with long auburn hair that weighed roughly, I think they said, 140, 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Guesstimated 5'6 to 5'8, somewhere in there. Did you give her New York-style veneers? Nothing came of it. Still, yeah. to this day. Obviously, she wouldn't be called the Lady of the Dunes if she had a name. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, they tried. They were like, this is a promising angle. She's missing teeth. Mm-hmm. But we have some, and we have an idea. No. Right. No, didn't lead to anything. No. And another little detail was that they believe that the gash created in her head and the insane crush injury. I mean, you said the whole left side of her head had been crushed with a heavy object. They think it was a military entrenching tool, which is kind of like a small shovel. That makes sense. But it's small. 
and sturdy because yes. it's a military tool. Sometimes they're collapsible, so it's convenient to carry around. Interesting. Not noticeable if you're carrying it around. Mm. Or maybe someone wouldn't think twice about someone bringing a shovel to the beach. Right. Almost like a bigger, like, trowel kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But okay. they are sturdy. Yeah. So that would really explain the amount of damage to her skull. Definitely. We'll have a picture of the skull on our website. It's harrowing. Um... I didn't know you could do that to a skull. I'd say, like, half of it is gone. Yeah. Like, the actual skull, like, round head part. Mm Mm-hmm. I pray, pray, pray to God I don't think is real, but the sentiment is there, that she did not suffer. Like, I hope she was asleep. Mm -hmm. And that one blow just did it immediately. Because there's no way she would have been... This poor woman, I mean... It's tragic. It's so tragic. Awful. Awful. Genuinely. And she sounds like a younger girl. I mean, the age range we have for her is 25 to 40. Roughly. Realistically, they're thinking anywhere from 20 to 49. They're thinking on the younger side because she had pink painted toenails. And her hairband pulling her hair back into ponytail was black with gold glittery flecks. She seemed like a younger Woman, I mean, they couldn't really tell because her skull was caved in. Yeah, and she was so decomposed. Mm-hmm. And that's such a sad part, too, is that her toes were pink. And they were like, well, her fingernails were probably pink, too, but we don't have her fingers. Mm-hmm. Which is so disturbing to Isn't me. Isn't that fucked up? So fucked up. Yeah. So to think that this could happen to anybody, but especially, like, a young woman. Yeah. Like, imagine you're just going to your secret spot and you're going to hang out and sunbathe with... Like, your boyfriend or something. And then you fall asleep. And then you never wake up. I also want to note that they did do, you know, with the autopsy, they tested her blood for drugs and alcohol, and that was all cleared as well. Mm. So those little details are things that can help find anything, but... For sure. Nothing. You know, she didn't. She was clean. She was just sunbathing. Yeah. Now, obviously, this happened in 1974. It was just over 48 years ago. Let's talk about the theories, because obviously there's no idea who this woman is. Mm -hmm. But we have theories on who did it Mm -hmm. and who she is. Katie, you want to kick us off with one of your faves, maybe? Sure thing. So, something that was very interesting to me is, you know, they're trying to figure out who she is. They also want to know who did this. What if it's not a personal attack and this crazy person is running around with a military entrenching tool Hmm. being a crazy person. Like, we have no idea. Hmm. So, in 1987, which is over a decade after the Lady of the Dunes was found, this Canadian woman comes forward. She said she thinks that the Lady of the Dunes was someone she watched her own father strangle (gasps) in Provincetown in the 70s. Whoa. Canadian authorities informed Massachusetts police, but when they tried to reach out to the woman, she was not available for comment. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess when she was younger, Mm -hmm. she was with her dad and, you know, memory's kind of blurry. Okay, whatever. She said that she fully watched her father lose his shit at a woman and strangle her. Wow. And then she kind of... Maybe she walked away after that. Maybe she's just kind of letting her dad do what I don't know. Yeah, because that's horrifying. Right. What do you do in that situation, especially if you're a kid? And there was evidence that the Lady of the Dunes was at some point strangled. Yeah. 
before she was slashed, so mm-hmm. her neck was almost disconnected from her. And it's in the area, and it's in the 70s. Yeah. Right, so... And enough time had passed where she wasn't like, oh, this happened? That was definitely my dad. But right. She sat on it for years. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, lady, <laughs> if you're Call out there... Back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. One theory is from a Maryland woman who she saw this composite sketch and she was like, holy shit, that might be my sister. (gasps) So she called the police and she says her sister moved to Boston, which I mean, it's Massachusetts, in 1974 and she had never heard from her again. Uh And unfortunately, you know, they took the um, dental records from this woman's sister and they did not match Wow. The dental records of the Lady of the Dunes, which is also hard to say because she was missing her teeth mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, however, the police did try and contact this woman and say, hey, you know, this isn't her. We should, you know, whatever. And she, same thing. They could not get a connection with her. She didn't leave a forwarding address. Wow. It was all a dead end. I know. What the fuck? Like, don't you want to? <sighs> I would want to. Right, and don't you want to finish the job of, like, you can't pat yourself on the back, like, I helped with an investigation, and then not finish what you started? Yeah. Don't open a can of worms and then just disappear. La, la, la. <laughs> like, so they need weird. to get a hold of you. Yeah. It's nuts. I don't get it. Of course, you know, Provincetown, uh, there's some mob involvement. Our favorite thing. We love <laughs> the mob. We are... I have a bumper sticker that just says, I heart the mob. And I... Listen, I love the mob. <laughs> I have. I wear shirts. I wear their merch. I, I love their food. I love their loyalty. Mob members, if you're listening, mwah. <laughs> I love them. If you need help laundering money, we... Don't kill us. We... Yeah, we, uh, we have a, a podcast and, uh, yeah. Woo, the mom. <laughs> I heart the mom. <laughs> Whitey Bulger. Yes. Stand she... up. Stand up, citizen. <laughs> um, excellent man. Very loyal and thorough. Thorough. <laughs> and, um... If if there's nothing, if Whitey Bulger was nothing, he was he, he wasn't was, thorough. He was yeah. covered his tracks. Yeah. Um, do do He frequented the area of Provincetown. Mm. Several witnesses even said that they saw him with a woman fitting the description of the Lady of the Dunes mm. in Provincetown in 1974. July of 1974. Isn't that special? Those Wait. witnesses are brave. Homeboy also had a history of removing teeth from at least one of his female victims that we know of. Mm-hmm. But he was never considered an actual formal suspect, mm-hmm. maybe because the Provincetown police were scared of him. What? <laughs> but Whitey was such a good guy. Our boy Whitey? No. Our bestie, Whitey? The, you mean the same guy that donates charity i can't even i don't know and the interesting thing too is you mentioned he did remove teeth from his victims and he wasn't like a mob boss that would call hits he murdered like he physically killed people he wanted to do it himself he liked it yeah he wanted to take care of business himself yes 
So there was one victim that was allegedly his, it points to being his, that turned up in the marshes of Neponset River in eastern Massachusetts, and her teeth and hands were missing too. Listen, to the ghost of Whitey, I'm not trying to get you to haunt me. I'm really not. I love your work. <laughs> but um, I'm just reading. I'm just reading off a of paper. I'm just recounting <laughs> the facts. We love the mob here. <laughs> right. We don't have opinions on this right now other than we heart the mob. We just have to share the facts. We just share the That facts. maybe you could have possibly done something, perhaps, maybe. Just speculation. Not even our theory. Nothing's proven. Nothing's proven. R.I.P. No, fuck that guy. Piece of shit. Killed so many people. Um, and like you said, he was never a formal suspect. Uh-uh. But it is an interesting theory because some of those things do line up. Him being seen with that woman in the same right. time frame. Very interesting. And I guess there was this restaurant, bar attached to a hotel in Provincetown. And the mob would like to hang out there. Allegedly. Allegedly. We, we, nothing for certain, you know, just all witness speculation. We don't know. It, maybe, I don't know. It, nothing's proven. Anyway, this hotel would give their guests green beach blankets. <gasps> no way. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah, someone on Reddit said, yeah, my dad's father's best friend's cousin's not involved with the mob, don't worry about it, attended this hotel with, yeah. like, his besties, mm-hmm. and they would give out the green beach blankets like i'm pretty sure he still has the green beach blanket holy shit yeah coincidence that's what i'm saying i don't know but again the mob just alleged we know right right i don't know if you guys could gather from the past six minutes but (laughs) we love the mob and we don't think that they should come for us the Lady of the Dunes herself could have been part of the mob. We don't know. Correct. That's another theory. How's she getting all this money for fancy schmancy dental work? Who knows? Was she working for the mob? We don't know. There's a new theory right there. We don't know. Just to save ourselves. She could have been part of the mob. We don't know. We don't know. So anyway, um, <laughs> there's, and surprisingly guys, there's still more theories. There was this convicted serial killer. His name was Haddon Clark. And in 2000, he came forward and he confessed to killing the Lady of the Dunes. Hold on. Don't get excited. Um, So while he was confessing, he was actually serving two 30-year sentences for the murder of a 23-year-old woman and a 6-year-old girl. Basically, he had 60 years in jail for murdering two people. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like very... But okay, yeah. Um, Also of note, Haddon Clark was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So he had made outlandish claims before and they had been disproven and um, some of them were his hallucinations and Mm -hmm. his schizophrenia factoring into the things he would say and the decisions and things like that. So he confessed in 2000 to the Lady of the Dunes. Um, It's never been proven. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, he often mixed up his delusions with facts, which is very common. Um, there's been no evidence to support his claim of murdering her, but there's also been no evidence to disprove it. So it's like one of those double-edged swords. I think it's good to have on the back burner, but I think ultimately his delusions were kind of in the way of what he thought. Um, 
I read a little fun fact about our boy Haddon. Yeah? In 2004, mm -hmm. he sent a letter to a friend where he's telling his friend, I killed a woman near the area of Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And he sent some drawings with the, with the letter. Did he really? Mm-hmm. One was of a woman lying on her stomach, naked, hmm. no hands. No hands, okay. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting detail. Yep. The second drawing was a map of the area where the body of the Lady of the Dunes was found. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. See, now that's interesting because I was going to say, well, this was in 2004. That's mm -hmm. 30 years later. He probably did research, blah, blah, blah. But drawing a map? That's weird. Right. Because the thing about drawing what she looked like, like, that's fact. We know that about her body. She had no hands, right. lying down, face down, naked, hands chopped off, gone. Yeah. Okay, anybody could hear that fact and probably draw it a little sketch. Okay, sure. Love it. He wants to claim that murder for himself. Okay, sure. Awesome. The map is what gets me. That is freaky. Like a map. Not just like a little drawing of like a pile of sand and then like a little body. body no. here. <laughs> X marks the spot. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> no, it was like a map. That's very interesting. Like wow. leading to, Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes me change my mind a little Isn't bit. Isn't that a little, yep. But despite his lovely little drawings, there's no concrete evidence linking him to the actual crime. Because right. you go to talk to him and he's like, oh, applesauce, bananas, da, da, da. Yeah. Like he's, he's just out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hmm. And they think he killed more than those two women. For sure. Like, he was only convicted and sentenced for those two. Mm -hmm. They think that he at least killed 12. Because he, he claimed to kill 12, and he even said he buried these bodies on his grandparents' property. They went and they checked it out. They couldn't find anything, but they did find hundreds of pieces of jewelry that belonged to some confirmed missing people. So, this guy's fucked. He's still alive as far as I know. So, somebody should give him some medicine and maybe talk to him a little bit. That's not it on theories. No, 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 it's not. No. While we have theories on who could have killed Our Lady of the Dunes, we have some theories as to who she could be. Right. One of my favorites is that the Lady of the Dunes could be Rory Jean Kessinger. She was a known drug dealer and bank robber. Hmm. She was serving time at the Plymouth County Correctional Facility in Massachusetts, and she escaped just one year before the Lady of the Dunes body was found. That's nuts. This theory started to seem promising to authorities when they realized Rory pretty closely resembled the Lady of the Dunes. Mm -hmm. She's gorgeous. I don't know if you've seen a picture of her. I didn't. Oh my God, she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I can see the resemblance. Yeah. A later DNA test from Rory's mom did not come up as a match. However, we don't know where Rory is. Right. She's still... MIA has not been seen, has not been heard from. No one knows where she is. So that's another cold case for another day. Yeah. That was in, that was 73. So that was 49 years ago. Mm -hmm. She could be dead, but she also could have pulled a John List and moved states away, had a family, mm -hmm. had a normal life. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Yeah. And it's interesting too. They tested DNA mm -hmm. and it was inconclusive, which isn't a no. Oh, man. And you know what's interesting? This is involves her, the Lady of the Dunes, being exhumed. So they exhumed her twice. Mm -hmm. The first time they 
took out her skull to kind of construct like a sculpture and they also took blood samples to kind of compare them to Kessinger and then 20 years later in 2000 they exhumed her again and this time they took bone marrow samples and they compared them to Kessinger and those were also inconclusive hmm interesting so who knows it's another plausible theory for sure because they I guess they did look alike of course I didn't see her picture but I'll have to check it out she's gorgeous oh yeah now this last theory this theory is I think it's near and dear to our hearts Mm -hmm. only because of our connection to it right and we've talked about this before in one of our earlier episodes we were we discussed our connection to Stephen King. So, um, this kind of ties into what I meant by how the Lady of the Dunes is connected to Jaws and Stephen King. It's 2015, and it's the 40th anniversary special of the Jaws movie. And they're having this big event in, like, Martha's Vineyard on Cape Cod, you know, this huge event where they're showing Jaws on this big screen and everyone's who's who's who is going. Mm -hmm. And famed author Joe Hill, son of Stephen King, the most famous author, horror movie person ever, Mm -hmm. his son, Joe Hill, is with his three sons, one of which we were in class with and used to elbow me on the bus for no reason (laughs) in elementary school. Dropped a book on my head in seventh grade. For no reason. (laughs) Um, love you. <laughs> Not that you listen to this. You have too much money to listen to this. <laughs> Sponsor us. Anyway, so they were at this special. And Joe Hill, he's, a, he's also a, cry, a horror crime mm-hmm. writer. He's fantastic. He's wrote one of my favorite books, Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Um, he was watching the screen and he noticed something. And he, obviously he knew of this case. It's a huge deal. He saw an extra in the background of this movie that he thought bore a striking resemblance to the Lady of the Dunes sketch and clay sculpture. He was like, holy shit, boys, hold on to your your popcorn and your <laughs> desire to elbow middle school children. He There's like a screenshot somewhere of this woman. It's blurry. It's on our website. Perfect. Um... And it's, he even admits it's an outlandish theory, but it's interesting. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It looks like her. Her hair is red. And in the, in the movie, in the background, she's wearing jeans and a blue bandana. With, and she has red, the red hair. And police are like, well, you know, it was the 70s. And, you know, pretty much everybody's wearing a bandana <laughs> and wrangler jeans. Granted... If you go watch Jaws right now, you could probably count multiple people wearing a blue bandana and Wrangler jeans. However, do all of them have long auburn hair? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Unfortunately, the producers didn't keep a record of any of the extras, so nothing can be fully proven. However, Martha's Vineyard is where Jaws was shot, which is why it was screened there for the anniversary showing. Martha's Vineyard is a few hours away from the Provincetown dunes. Close enough in proximity that it's plausible. Right. Like if you're hanging out in Provincetown and you're like, oh my God, I want to be an extra in this cool ass crazy movie. Let me go. It's a day trip. For sure. Interesting. Yep. So Joe Hill, while I respect you deeply, 
um, because you're a fantastic writer. I think that is a little outlandish, but it's a good theory. For sure. And also, they taped um, that scene in Jaws about two months before she was murdered. So, very interesting. Someone who was there for the summer, even, or someone who lived nearby. Right. Possible. It's definitely possible. Likely, not so much. Mm -hmm. The Lady of the Dunes was buried at St. Peter's Cemetery in October of 1974. Her tombstone reads, Unidentified female body found Race Point Dunes. Like you said, Liz, her body was exhumed twice, the second time to obtain more DNA evidence. In 2014, one of the case investigators raised money for a new casket for her. That's wonderful. Her old one was this really thin metal one that was rusted and starting to deteriorate. So just kind of out of respect for her because he'd been working on the case and was like, you know what, this isn't right. Like, we keep digging her up. I know. She can't rest. We keep digging her up, stealing bone marrow and crazy DNA shit. Let's get her a new casket. So he raised money, got her a nice new casket. Hopefully that is the last time they dig her up. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the case can be solved. Soon. I hope. I hope. Mm -hmm. It As far as um, this past July, it has been 48 years since the Lady of the Dunes was murdered and left to just decompose and be unidentified. Mm -hmm. She needs to be... Somebody's out there looking for her, still loving her. Maybe she was a mom. Maybe she had nieces and nephews that were little and remember her. Mm -hmm. Maybe her sisters or her brothers, maybe she had a best friend. There's so many different things that could happen, and she's still unidentified. Mm -hmm. Anyone with any information on this case is asked to please call Detective Meredith Lober of the Provincetown Police Department. Her phone number is 508-487-1212. And that's um, the Lady of the Dunes. Hell yeah. Crazy story. Yeah. So many twists, so many turns, very tragic, Mm -hmm. very violent and unsettling. And just, I I hope she's found. I would love in our lifetimes to know that she has an identity. She does. It's awful, but it's very fascinating. Definitely one of the more popular cases For that sure. we've covered here. Um, but we're still worth talking about. For sure. And it's a good one for our big 6-0. Yes, that's right. It's highly requested. It's just a very well-known case. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of pop culture references. Um, I think I threw this case on the list when, I mean, we've had everyone, everyone meaning Jenna and, and Noah, <laughs> Noah um, but there was a season of American Horror Story that was based in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. They made a bunch of different true crime references. Um, the Vampire Panic, which we have on our list. Yeah. Some serial killer that was running around mm-hmm. killing people on weed farms or whatever. And then one of the first scenes in American Horror Story this season was someone coming across the body of a woman, a naked woman, in the yeah. dunes. Yeah. It's just they make so many references everywhere. Um, it's a very popular case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Rightfully so. It's very interesting. And yeah. the more attention, maybe there'll be an answer. For sure. So, guys, I want to hear your theories. What theories that we told you today do you think is the most plausible? Or do you know of another one that you think is the most plausible? Mm-hmm. Please let us know. 
You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at truecrimeny. All lowercase. Or you can send us an email at truecrimeny at gmail.com. You could also head over to our website, truecrimene.com. We have a handy-dandy submission tool where you can send us your theories on this case, other cases based in New England, please, that you'd like for us to cover, questions, comments, concerns, feedback, just say hi. You could be anonymous if you want to. You can leave your name if you want to. If you end up suggesting a case to us and we cover it, you'll get a shout out. If you want to. If you want to, right. If you leave your name, we'll shout you out. If not, sweet. Yeah. And even if you leave your name and just clarify that you yep. want to be anonymous, like, that's fine. We love giving you guys shout outs because I know it would make me so happy um, to be shouted out by a podcast. Like, literally, you know, like, that's fun. For sure. That's fun. And also because we appreciate you guys. 100%. Definitely. If you guys would like to further show your appreciation, you could head over to Spotify and leave us a star rating. You could go over to Apple Podcasts if you prefer to listen there and leave us a star rating and or a written review. Mean the world to us. For sure. It really would. Just, can it be a five star? <laughs> You're like four and a half. Four and a half to five-ish. <laughs> Just kidding. Any feedback is welcome. Um, for sure. We're always looking to improve and be the best that we can be for these victims, for these stories. Um, and we're just, we're so thankful that we get these opportunities to share anything, any details. And um, so thank you guys. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.